Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Vonnie Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Megan Runyon. Reading YA and whatever her current fixation is. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time. They are three book girls. Dark circles accent those lines and put on the wig and yep, yeah, I'm 90. Yeah, <laughs> same. If it makes you feel better in the picture, I wouldn't have known it was you. I wouldn't have known if either. If you hadn't said it was, like, I wouldn't have looked at that person and been like, that's Pat at age 90. So if that makes you no. feel better about it. It does, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I looked at it and I was like, I think that's Pat in costume. I We've had such good response to the show though. This is This has been absolutely, I mean, if I was gonna take time off, I'm glad I took time off for something this worthwhile. The rea it's one of those where people give you, not like a standing O, like somebody stands up and then somebody else goes, oh, well, if they're going to stand up, I w it's like they all just stand. Oh, and nice. It's like, wow. That's nice. cool. So officially it's classed as a comedy, I think because I don't actually die at the end. They think I'm going to, and I don't, I'm not quite dead yet at the end of the play. So they can go away thinking, yeah, maybe she'll pull through. So it's a Monty <laughs> Python skit. That's what I'm we not dead yet. I yeah. actually read a book not too long ago called The Hearers of the Constant Hum. That was the title of the book. Does it explain why our podcast had a hum last week? No, but I'm telling you right now that <laughs> there was some extreme rage on my part because I couldn't hear it. Fine, I couldn't hear this high-pitched thing that everybody said was there. I, I finally just out of desperation looked on YouTube and found a visual way to do it. So that's the ah. only only reason it I could even try to fix it because I couldn't hear it. You can't filter mm. something out that you can't hear. Everyone who can't hear it, you're saying uh, shouldn't need hearing aids <laughs> because me and Martha could not hear it. So in, um, in TikTok book drama this week, um, apparently, I don't know the author, because I didn't care that much. I didn't realize it was actually an author. She went on a rant about how if you are giving three stars or less, you're an asshole. What? Yeah. Why? What Why? if you didn't like the book? Yeah. The, yeah, that was the consensus. Everyone's like, three is still good. If like, you look at the description on Goodreads, it says a two-star read is something that you didn't like. Three yeah. stars is eh. And I mean, I stopped going by that when we started doing this because I noticed how highly everybody rates. Yeah. So I kind of backed off of it. But the three, if I didn't really like a book that much and it was well written, I give it a three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the, the comments were basically like, you know, just because the author thinks it's a five star book and they yeah. got their vision doesn't mean that anyone else likes their vision. Yeah, <laughs> well, that and not everyone's going to like the same book. What I give yeah. it 3, Martha might give a 5. You exactly. And that happens yeah. all the time. I look at Goodreads comments for books that I absolutely hated and I see all these five-star things and I'm like, well, no accounting yeah. for taste, I guess. The book talk girlies and girls and guys uh were basically like no, you're the asshole right now. Like, we, like, no, we're not going to buy your book now. I don't think it was an author that was like, you know, a big 
name but it wasn't somebody like hannah grace or i mean it's hard especially when you're starting out because you can't you aren't divorced from it it's too yeah. close to you you can't possibly rate it or even guess how people are gonna accept it you just can't right no because so what your was- vision is and what your story is might be boring as hell to somebody else. I mean, it still happens with really great authors where, yeah. oh man, I mean, just this week, I listened to a book by a fairly well-known author and I can't believe I read the whole thing because it started to go off the rails fairly early. And I was reading the description and it was described as a, you know, there was a uh, sexual component to it. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to, you know, because this is such a cool idea, and I really like the idea of this, so I'm just going to tough it out. Well, it's it was like, not worth the ride. That's all I have to say about that. Well, it's like um, Casual Vacancy, the first book J.K. Rowling oh, did. Oh, that was under- terrible. Oh, so bad. So horrible. Oh, <laughs> uh, I never got through it. I Rambling. Got, like- but n- n- no point at all to any of it. See, and my, my theory was all that always that that was her first book. Oh, and then Harry Potter and was she, stuff she and she and then she published Harry Potter, became famous, and automatically went back to the really shitty book that she was invested in. She's the one who wrote Cuckoo's Calling, right? Yeah, but that was well after, well after. Casual Vacancy. Yeah, was it after Harry Potter? Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, because oh, okay. she wrote Harry Potter right. under the pseudonym so that people wouldn't know it was her right off the bat. Harry Potter? No, the. That's what you said. Robert. No, I didn't. I said yeah. she wrote under a pseudonym for Gilbert the God. Robert or, or Galbraith. Yeah. Yes. So that people wouldn't know that it was her. Mm-hmm. That, so that people would give it a chance. And it's because of what happened with Casual Vacancy. Yeah. Because they automatically wanted it to be like Harry Potter. But honestly, it wouldn't have mattered. So bad. Yeah. But there's other authors that have done that too. Like, um, and I know Megan will probably disagree with me, Stephanie Myers, mm-hmm. you know, and I loved uh, Twilight and I liked uh, the host. Oh, yeah. You didn't, you didn't like the, the chemist. But the chemist, oh, I, I thought it, it was horrible. <laughs> she hated I mean, I would have given, I I given that like it. I, I read the whole you thing. You reviewed it. The whole time. I want to say you reviewed it. Either that or we talked about it on one of the podcast i know i really liked it it. rachel and i both really liked the chemist yeah i know you guys liked it but i just did not like that book for some reason it just did not ring (laughs) true to me like vampires and aliens are true i i yeah but well there's what aliens are true yeah there's a whole show on history channel about it come on now (laughs) okay uh body snatching aliens (laughs) we don't know do you think victoria would have uh turned down the uh the continuation of twilight if she knew how big it was going to be she didn't turn it down oh they didn't ask her back no they replaced her why uh, no one seems to have the answer i think it's because bryce dallas howard is who is ron howard's daughter i think nepotism got in the middle of that one because oh. there was a whole thing that people were like why are we replacing her and she came out and said i didn't even know they were filming like Dang. I would have, I would have canceled. Like I think there may have been a scheduling thing. She's like, I would have dropped the other project and kept this one because I had this one first. Hmm. So there was like, Oof. there was like a whole hmm. thing about them replacing her. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just heard about a replacement that really kind of pissed me off. Once again, running behind the times, I just found out that they made a sequel to Chicken Run. And I love Chicken Run. I love Chicken Run. The cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, there's a Chicken Run too. Dawn of the Nugget. Is it out? Yeah, it's on it's on Netflix. What? It came out last year. <laughs> yeah. But they replaced Julia Sawala as the voice of the lead chicken as Ginger. Because she's 55 and they said, oh, her voice sounds too old. They told her she sounded too old. They replaced her with a 51-year-old. Oh, my God. That's freaking messed up. Come on. That sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. They replaced her with uh, Tandy Newton. And and she, she does a nice job, but it was like... I wanted Julia back. I loved her since AbFab. <laughs> AbFab was so good. Tom- oh. The lady that does Tommy Pickles for Rugrats, like, she can still sound like Tommy Pickles. It has been like 20 years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People who are good I mean, little, at voiceover, old lady it doesn't good, matter good yeah. how old they are. I mean, there no. are some people whose voices age. But, I mean, yeah. that's just not universally true. I mean, for example singers you got paul mccartney over here who sounds like the crypt keeper now that he's older hate on paul McCartney. sorry he does not sound young anymore True. but but you got ann wilson and that bitch can belt yeah i mean there you what? cannot i mean maybe a little bit but i mean usually with a, a really powerful singer like that you can tell when they start to get old but no she's still got it well, and, I, and Frankie Valley still hits all of those. Yeah, like, it's amazing. You get some people that are just, their voices remain young. Yeah. That was probably the coolest concert I've ever been to. We saw um, we saw <laughs> Jersey Boys when I was in Ohio. And then like a couple months later, he came through Ohio and toured. My friend and I were the youngest people in that whole building. And we had the best <laughs> damn time. That show because I like grew up listening to Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. A because we watched a lot of Dirty Dancing in my house. Like that mom was a Patrick Swayze <laughs> through and through, really. So like I watched whole, a lot of yeah, that whole movie is Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. <laughs> and so like I grew up listening, and the people around us were like, "Do you guys even know who this is?" We're like, "Yes." <laughs> like, well, like, Have you ever like, heard that that song? Um, it's I I can't I don't know how old it is, but Pitbull sings it and it's about um the men in black and it, they use the um oh it's called back in time yes I and they have it. those little segments baby yes yes yep. Uh, yep that was i don't I remember love what that, that freaking is. song yes. but it's because of the it's because frankie of valley that. Yeah. yeah yeah the frankie yeah. valley inserts yeah. because yeah. of dirty dancing i mean yes. i won't lie that's why that movie was that movie holds I mean it's got some deep content to it but like the basis of enjoying that movie I feel like there's a lot of ageism that goes around for I mean in every industry I think uh-huh. even for people like us who are not on video all the time like radio people yeah I mean yeah it just takes once for somebody to show up at a remote and go oh <laughs> you're like yeah I'm old you don't look like your voice. Yeah, it happens well, you know to me every me time. Out. I had somebody turn and, and full-on double-take me. I don't remember where I was. I was someplace where I was ordering something, coffee or lunch or something like that. 
And I had a lady full on turn around and look at me. Because you know, they know your voice. It, it's just weird, though, because I've been on the radio for freaking ever, and I was middays, and now that I'm in the afternoon, it's like, all of a sudden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Driving home, they hear yep. you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get a few, not many, who remember me, but I was uh, didn't you used to be on the radio? Yeah. Yep. Used to be. <laughs> but you did a lot of commercials, too, so your voice was there all the time. That's all I did. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Christmas DJing, which doesn't yeah. really count. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, my friends will hear my one minute like segment on Martha's show on Fridays. They'll hear and I'll get like a text that goes, are you on radio? <laughs> Megan like, is yes. ridiculous about that. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. What time is it? Stop. Turns turns the radio up. There I am. <laughs> oh, my God, Megan. <laughs> oh, she's just proud. She, she likes good it. work, Megan. She, she, she does a good job. Except last week. Last week, talking was hard. I did not get it in one take last week. <laughs> speaking, last week, I was like, word, words are hard. Speaking of which, be working on that shit so we can go fast tomorrow. Yeah, I will. It's way over there. It's way over there. Oh, my God. I don't want to get off. Can't reach it. Echo See, won't that, get it for me. See, we <laughs> can use your crocheting as an excuse to go to the Guthrie bookstore because she does Saturday craft days. Where oh, people just that's bring cool. their crochet and their knit and their crafts, and they can like just hang out and craft together for a couple hours. Hmm. That's fun, Megan. I need you to that remember cool. all these different things that are going on on the weekends at the bookstores, so that when my mom moves in, I'll have <laughs> to leave the house. <laughs> We're gonna have Bonnie dates a lot more often when Mama yeah. comes home. Bonnie's gonna be like, I think we need to go to Tulsa right now. <laughs> Like, I, you know, what's that one place that I want to see that street, Black Wall Street. Yeah, We've like, got so we many great go museums here. Let's go to some museums and bookstores. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be wearing you guys out. That's funny. She's like, we haven't midday. seen this bookstore yet. Have you talked her? Dallas, Dallas has some great bookstores. Have you, <laughs> have you talked mama into um, agreeing to stay at your house during the book crawl yet? Yeah. She is. I'm going to go. See, I'm not working that Friday, so I'll go pick her up. But see, it's going to be, and, and this is one of the reasons why my mother is so difficult. Everything is an ordeal. Mm. So because all she does all day is play games on her computer. So she's not going to have anything to do when she's at my house watching Echo, which she's very nervous about being in charge of Echo because she knows that Echo is like the most important thing in my life. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so that she can stay here for two days. I have to make sure that I have food in the house that she'll actually eat and drinks because she won't drink water. What is it with the older generation and being anti-water? I don't know. They're the ones that made us drink out of the hose and now they won't even drink water. <laughs> it's like, dude. My dad I totally forgot about paying the hose. Oh man, hose water's the best. Yeah. Only if it's really it's, cold. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not when like it's hot. not cold, otherwise it you tastes like taste rubber. Rust. Rubber and rust. <laughs> so, but probably. the whole ordeal will be worth it because I'll have a lot of time to spend doing book related things all weekend long. I know yeah, it's going to be so cool. Speaking of which, if you, for some reason, don't follow us on social media, A, you should. B, 
Uh, we are doing a ginormous book crawl on Saturday the 24th after we do the book sale for the library. And for those so of you the- who are members of the Friends of the Library, or if you're not a member, it's only like $15 to join and then you get tickets to the early show, which is Friday the 23rd. We may give away some of those on our Instagram on and our Facebook social. too. Ooh. <laughs> well, you I know what tickets. I thought about when I was telling the girls, I was like, my favorite is to look for Fifty Shades in the YA. You know what I'm actually going to look for? Hmm. I decided. Icebreaker, because it has that cartoon cover. <gasps> oh, and it's really like spicy, isn't it? It is real spicy. <laughs> well, you know who puts those, the volunteers, the library volunteers yep. are the ones that put all that stuff out. They're not, they don't know what's in that. That's <laughs> They're putting it in with like, the YA. Yeah, after I said that, I was like, man, what I really need to look for is all these cartoon covers, but that are actually like super secret spicy books. <laughs> that would be like a good bingo card for the oh, for the book fair. We should do that. Yes. So find books that don't belong and take yeah. pictures with your phone. <laughs> we could call it a book girl scavenger it? hunt. <laughs> exactly. I have to go to another funeral again, so we had to move the recording of the podcast up a little bit so that I could take off this weekend so shall we move right along Fonny? since it's late yeah are there any books that you are gonna find shelved incorrectly in your list today no i'm right there where i always am okay a little bit of trauma porn girl on the cover of the book so you know i have a category to choose from one or two go. uh the book that i read this week is called within these walls of sorrow by amanda barrett that already sounds depressing <laughs> I know. Why do you think I checked it out? Yeah, my eyebrows just went up. (laughs) I'm like, oh. It also sounds like a great emo band name. I'm just saying. It does. (laughs) Within these walls of sorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if anyone hasn't guessed by my subtle hints, this is a World War II book, historical fiction, and it is about Zosha and Anya who live in, they're from Poland, or they live in Poland, and they're both in the same building. And they're young adults. They're not like kids or anything. They're young adults. Zosha is Aryan. That means non-Jewish, right? Aryan. Is that right? Uh, well, specifically, specifically of a certain heritage, of you know, uh, like okay. blonde, blue-eyed, I, Germanic. You know. okay. I'd say, I would say Germanic. Well, I'm I'm pretty sure that they um, refer to her in the book as being Aryan. So Zosha is Aryan and Anya is Jewish, but they're friends, they're neighbors and, you know, they talk and hang out and whatnot, whatever friends do in Poland back in 1940. I believe that Zosha was married and her husband died in the war. They don't, they don't really Talk, they talk about it, but they don't really give us much explanation, if that makes sense. Of You just know that she was married and her husband died in the war. Anya, you know, she's a carefree girl living life. And then the war hits and uh, they get noticed that they are going to have to move to the ghetto. And of course, you know, Zosha is a little distraught over Anya having to leave. And she, of course, wants to help Anya out and everybody else, all the other Jewish families who live in the building that she does. So what she decides to do, um, since she has been to school, 
she decides that she's going to get a job at a pharmacy inside the ghetto. So that way she can try to bring food and different things that the family needs and they can't get in the ghetto. So she does that for a while. And of course, as everybody knows, eventually the Jewish families who are sent to the ghetto, they evacuate the ghettos to the camps. And Zosha tries to work with a secret society to try to get papers so that they can avoid going to the camps. And um, a very unlikely source helps her with these papers. And that kind of strikes up a little bit of a romance. So there is a little bit of a romance in this book. And another thing is when Zosha is still at the ghetto working at the pharmacy, even though she's not supposed to, she goes into the buildings looking for people, making sure that nobody is has hidden or needs help. She ends up finding two children who are hiding in the rubble. And their mom has told them to stay there and don't make any kind of noise, no matter what they hear. And they don't know what happened to mom. Nobody knows what happens to mom. So Zosha ends up kind of acquiring these two children and has to try to get papers for them so that the authorities think that they're, you know, Christians and not Jewish hideaways. And of course, there's tons of risks for anybody who tries to help any of the Jews. Zosha is not immune to the authorities. So she kind of, I'm trying to think how it goes because, but I started reading this book and it um, timed out at the library. So then I didn't get it for like three weeks. So I read half of the book and then three weeks later read the other half of the book. So I'm a little all over the place. Sorry guys. You know, so Zosha ends up on the run also from the authorities. And it's just, you know, kind of one of those books that kind of slowly doves downhill before it evens out and starts getting better. Because, of course, the war ends. They liberate the camps and so on and so forth. It was a good book. It was uh, trauma porn, but not the worst trauma porn that I've ever read. Probably rated a seven, maybe on the trauma porn scale. Because, you know, you are talking about the camps, people die, they're horrible conditions. Uh, the Nazis are, you know, cruel assholes. And that comes into play also. But it's also a little enlightening because all of these regular people or everyday heroes are trying to do so much to help these families to try to get a medicine and food and risking their own lives to try to save them. It just shows that even in horrible situations, there's still good in people. I will say the only thing that threw me a little bit with this book is the narrator was a little too upbeat about the death and disease and destruction. It was kind of like, um, 
Delilah after dark trying to tell us, trying to read us about, uh, read a story to us about the Holocaust? That's no, horrible. that sounds unsettling. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> but the book was good. I liked the book. I liked the story. I liked the main characters. It flowed well. It ended well. It didn't end with a perfect bow, maybe a lopsided bow. I think if you like uh, historical fiction, trauma porn with a hint of romance in there, you'll like it. And that again is called Within These Walls of Sorrow by Amanda Barrett. Oh, I guess I get to go. Do Just I get a to go? fun Just little Keith quirky is... book. Yeah, you can go next. <laughs> Keith is taking the night off. You're going to have to go second. Okay. Well, sadly, I don't have a super uplifting book to go after that this time. <laughs> but I do really like the book I read, so that's always a good sign. Uh, so this week, I will re- be reviewing The Scarlet <laughs> Alchemist by Kylie Lee Baker. And this is historical fiction. I would say new adult, but suitable for YA. Like, there's no smut happening there's a little bit of smut but it's not terrible it's mainly focused around the historical fiction aspect but there's some romance so we have i think it's pronounced Zilin, and this so this book is set in china in 556 or something like that uh, kind of at the height of when you think of like the chinese emperors and like their dynasties and their that era uh, so we have Xilin, and she is a young alchemist. And in this universe of this story, alchemy is real, and there's gold that you can eat that gives you immortality. So imagine... So we're talking fantasy, chaos. fantasy slash historical fiction. Yes, yeah. I'd say his <laughs> fantasy historical fiction. So... Imagine the Chinese emperors of old with the power of alchemy and how badly this can go, basically. Uh, So she's a young alchemist and she lives with her cousins and her aunt and her uncle because her father left because he was going to go learn more about alchemy and he was supposed to come back and he did not. And her mother has died. So she lives with her cousins and her aunt and uncle. And she is training to go be an alchemist at the capital. Because that's like the job that every alchemist wants. Is to go be one of the emperor's alchemists. Like it's the highest form of flattery. To study enough and pass the test to go do that. Uh, But in the meantime to earn money as a side hustle... She does a little bit of necromancy. <laughs> it's really like alchemy meets necromancy. So people will come to her and be like, here's my dead relative. They died three hours ago. Bring them back to life. And she's like, sure, for X amount of dollars. Uh, so, and it's super frowned upon. Not a great thing. So they do it in secret. Her cousins normally have to help because they need like, you know, the power of three type thing. Um, and she tells people like everything comes at a cost. I don't know what the cost will be, but everything comes at a cost. You know, the old warning of all magic, basically. They are training. Her cousins are training to go work in the capital. 
as oh, I can't remember historians or something. So they all have to go take their test. So right before they go take their test, this mysterious guy appears in town and he's like, Hey, I hear that you're like the best at bringing people back to life. And she's like, I don't know where you heard that rumor, but it ain't me. Cause something in this whole conversation is weird. But like he came from the Capitol and he knows about her. Like she was red flags. <laughs> she was like, I gotta get out of here. Something's not right. Uh, so they, her cousins and her, they go and do their test. We'll just say they get to stay in the Capitol for what that's worth. And quickly find out that not everything is how she thought it was going to be in the Capitol. That her idea of being an alchemist for the, the royal family is far more treacherous than she anticipated. Because there's some weird shit going on. Like, people are turning up dead in places. The royal family is, like, being taken out one by one. And they're trying to figure out, like, what is going on. Like, because even though you t you have the immortality, you don't age, but you can still be killed kind of situation. Uh, you're not, like, an eternal vampire. You just don't age. There are, it's, it's really an adventure. I will tell you it ends on a cliffhanger, so I'm going to assume that there is a sequel. And it was, I read it, I couldn't put it down because I was like, oh my God, like what's happening? I have little like scribblings all over my journal. Like, are they this? Are they that? What's happening? Who are these people? Um, there's an empress, there's an emperor, there's some geese that the, you meet the crown prince. He's a, he's <laughs> a vital part of this so story. So freaking random. There are it's, some uh, geese. The, it's so random, but it was great. The the crown prince, his name is Lee Hung, and he is a big part of the second half of the kind of like the last second half of the book, so to speak, second part of the journey. And it's it was so good. I read her other book. I actually reviewed another one by her, which was uh, the Keeper of Night. That I, I don't remember when I reviewed it. It was a while ago, but I was super excited when I saw this one because her books are just awesome and it's i enjoy them because it gives you a look into another culture and their traditions because she always her characters are tip at least the series ones that i have seen are always asian based she's an asian author so you get a lot of extra information and more culture information so that's always super fun yeah this book was i liked it i liked it a lot it was a really fun journey and just sometimes when you think you get it figured out you you don't <laughs> and those are always fun but I can't say anything else without giving away too much because I could talk on this forever and tell you the entire book, but I don't want to do that. So definitely go check out The Scarlet Alchemist by Kylie Lee Baker because it's awesome and I enjoyed it. So we had historical fiction. We had historical fiction fantasy. Now we haven't heard from Is that Pat. Victor er, victorial fiction? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pat has been acting her heart out at the stage three community theater in casper and we have not been able to get her on the show for a while because she's been practicing and performing and we just happened to hit you on a good night pat yeah so i am really really excited to be here and especially because i have for the first time i'm reviewing a book that a publisher sent to us and oh. asked us if we would take a look at. Awesome. And I'm delighted that the publisher sent it. Dead Sky Publishing. Yeah, and I, I believe it was the promoter, Dana. And at, at, at any rate, thank you, Dana, for sending me 
Strangers in the Night by Peg Tyre. This is a book that actually first came out in the 90s, and they have re-released it. It's uh, crime fiction, and it features a very, very strong and realistic woman protagonist. That's part of the reason they're re-releasing it was because in addition to the whole crime aspect, which is pretty fascinating, it's a book about how much harder a woman, in this case, a woman reporter who covers the crime beat at a new, major New York newspaper, how much harder she has to work to get any respect from the cops, from her fellow reporters and the editors that they work for. Uh, just everything is a little bit harder, a little bit grittier, because nobody makes it easy for her and everybody wants something, some ulterior motive kind of thing from her. Kate Murray is the name of our protagonist. She is a young reporter. She's come to the city. She's not a native New Yorker. She's come here. She's determined to make it as a, as a major reporter. And she gets, she's finally gotten out of like the social and fluffy stuff and gotten advanced to cover crime. And she really is invested in doing a good job. But just before the start of this book, she committed a major faux pas. A young man, oh, say 17 or 18, is killed. She interviews his mother and takes his mother's story at face value that this kid was Harvard bound on a scholarship, that he uh. was a bright, promising light. Well, no, it turns out the kid was was a gang member, drug dealer, uh, dropout. And she prints this whole story about how, you know, this brilliant young life was cut short. And her bosses come down on her like the proverbial ton of bricks. Mm -hmm. tell Gotta her, check your sources. Yep. <laughs> She's got one last chance. And so she is determined to make a success of this next story that she goes out to cover. Story concerns, or the, the crime that's committed is the murder of a woman named Margaret Severing, I think. Margaret, for sure. The murder, she's a nurse. She's on coming home late at night from, from a night shift, and she's stabbed to death in the lobby of her apartment building. Oof. No one knows much about why. And Kate digs in to try and find the why behind this murder. Two people in particular, she encounters a lot of memorable characters. But two of them in particular are Detective John Finn, who is a policeman working on this case as well. He's carrying his own baggage because he just, he is relatively newly back to the force after having been almost killed, being shot while he was working another case. And he is confronting his own middle age, his own not nearing mortality, but the fact that here he is middle age and you know he's probably in the last half of his life. He's dealing with those issues and everything about just having been shot, wrestling with is, you know, does he even want to remain a detective? And he sees Kate as his last chance at love. But this is by no means a romance book. It's just another, it's another instance of here's another guy who wants something from her. Does she want that from him? She's not sure. 
and I don't want to give too many spoilers, but there's there's that issue. There's also a character named Dominic Donati, and Dominic is a small-time hood. He is, at best, maybe just a little mentally slow, at worst, probably psychopathic. He has a lot of mental challenges going on, but he is the only witness to the murder of Margaret. He is hooked up with uh, with some really dangerous criminals. He's kind of all through, in the beginning of the book. He's gotten he's run afoul of one of these really nasty guys that he's semi in business with, and they had his hand broken, his or his, his thumb, and he's and he doesn't want to go to a doctor or a hospital, so he's nursing this injured hand. And that's kind of a constant flow through the book is how is Dominic's hand feeling and how, you know, was, what can he do with it? He somehow gets the idea that Kate, she wants to talk to him because she thinks that, in fact, as he is, he may be a witness to the crime. But he thinks that she's looking to have him really help her much more with this story. And he thinks he's going to get to be her assistant. And this is his ticket out of this gummy ghetto life that he's been living for all of his life. And so he, he, and plus he thinks that she can probably fall in love with him too, because <laughs> he's a guy and guys always think that, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, Poor woman. Everyone's yeah. just thinking she's going to love them. She is put upon from many directions, but this is, it's a good gritty crime novel. And Despite the fact that all these guys think that she's the beacon of of love, that's not at all what it's about, other than her efforts to deal with them and not let this get in the way of her redeeming herself in the eyes of her editors, who are, I mean, they were right that she screwed up that one case, but they're also male chauvinistic scumbags themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Don't mince words, Pat. Yeah, there is, I mean, gritty, there is There is not a page in this book that does not deserve the adjective gritty, but very, very realistic. And if you want a, a good look at the struggles that a young woman reporter faced in the 90s, and probably still do, um, this is a, it's a great read in that aspect. It's really, I, I believe the author was a reporter herself. Uh, and so comes to it from that background. Don't absolutely quote me on that. I I looked it up, but it's been a few weeks since I finished reading this book. Uh, And now that I'm finally not on a night where I'm not rehearsing or performing, yay, I can talk books again. Besides (laughs) the one script that we've all been reading for six weeks. (laughs) Anyway, that book is Strangers in the Night by Peg Tyre. Highly recommended. T-I-R-E? T-Y-R-E. Okay. All right. On to me. Um, yes. This week, I am going to review a book called Interesting Facts About Space by Emily Austin. And she also w- read a... She also wrote the book Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead, which I also loved and reviewed on this podcast. Once again, this is a really difficult, it's a really difficult story to describe, but let me just 
give it a shot. <laughs> the main character's name is Enid. And Enid is deaf in one ear. Her pastimes are dating women compulsively, almost serially, as it says in the intro, from dating apps. This is even so common. She, she doesn't, she's 26. She has never really had a regular relationship. She just keeps dating people from the dating sites. And she even has almost like a form letter type breakup text that she sends to every single one of these women that she gets tired of dating or whatever. She works for space-oriented government entity, I think. NASA? NASA? No, she doesn't work for NASA. I can't remember, but it, it is space-related <laughs> anyway. And she's fascinated by space. And one of the things that she compulsively does is she calls up her mother and says, do you want to hear an interesting fact? And her mother always says yes, and then she'll spout out something about, did you know that in a black hole, if a body were to go in there, they would experience spaghettification? <laughs> she has all these really just bizarre facts about space that she gives her mother. And it's like a calming ritual for her. We kind of get the idea from the beginning of the book that Enid might be on the spectrum. Just based on some of her little quirky things that she does, she definitely has, she describes herself to herself as having a parasite because she thinks something lives inside her that's not a good person. So she's constantly looking out for, you know, I don't even know how to explain it. Okay, so she lives alone, obviously, and she's very, very paranoid that somebody's been in her apartment, but she doesn't have any kind of proof that they have been. So one day she decides to leave a grape on the floor, and then she comes back in and the grape is gone, so she thinks somebody's been in her apartment. I mean, that's a fair assumption. Or you have rats. It, it was, that was the other thing. And then somebody else in the apartment building's like, oh, did you hear about blah, blah, blah rats? And she's like, oh, do rats eat grapes? Do mice eat grapes? <laughs> so then it, it gets to be pretty bad where she's like, she leaves via her window. Oh, and the other thing I forgot to mention. She has a phobia of bald men. Okay, that's oddly specific. She completely freaks out because this guy that moves into the apartment, I think it's across the hall or next door, who's bald. So she doesn't want to go out in the hallway because she's afraid she'll run into this guy. So she goes out her window a bunch. But she starts to realize that this is really a problem when at work, she is forced to come into contact with a co-worker who she needs to collaborate with and he's bald and she goes into a total panic attack trying to be near you know this this guy I mean he's just basically trying to help her out with the software she's working on and she she makes herself ill with the idea of this man and then she goes to the gynecologist and their gynecologist is bald 
And she just works herself up into a lather about all this stuff that's going on in her life. And when the description says quirky, I think that's an understatement because he, she is such a fascinating character to read about. I mean, the the deaf in one ear thing definitely has disadvantages, obviously. And, and she, <laughs> there are situations in which people are kind of an asshole to her because they speak to her and she can't hear them on one side, right? Stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, and she's the type of personality that she doesn't really respond. She just shrinks away from it. Well, this one girl that she starts to date finally, like, stands up for her. And so she she's, like, learning these things as she goes along. One of the things I liked about the book the most is that it, it shows a great amount of growth in a very small period of time. All of these little things that are bothering her, she is able to see in a different way and evolve past some of these things that have been bothering her for a very long time. I don't want to go into details about it, but I will say that she starts to work with a the therapist. Her mother, oh, I forgot to tell you about her mother. Her mother is, she's a depressive, extreme depressive. Her father left when she was fairly young and and remarried. And that was one of the reasons her mother is so freaky about. She did things really strangely when, when Enid was small about, you know, getting to see her dad. And she didn't really get to meet her half-sisters until later and so she's trying to have a relationship with these two half-sisters now too it's just really sweet and I don't know I just felt so ridiculously attached to Enid from the very beginning of the story I found it absolutely I don't want to say entertaining because I don't want to downplay some of the things that she was going through because you know People go through weird shit, especially when they're young. And if they have some other issues, then, you know, pile it on. But Emily Austin does a fantastic job of making us care about what's going on in Enid's life. I highly recommend this. I don't think you have to be queer to really enjoy stories about people who are. So I wouldn't hesitate to recommend this to anyone. It's just a good story. You could very easily, you know, ha- have the same kind of personality and the same kinds of problems who had different sexuality. So, I mean, it's just really a good, quirky, I don't know. I don't know what else to describe it as, but I really, really liked it. The cover doesn't show anything about what the book is about. Megan would hate that because the the cover is not very interesting or is the title because interesting facts about space makes no sense until you meet Enid. I recommend that if you want a great story about a quirky individual and kind of an unusual life, pick it up. And that was called Interesting Facts About Space by Emily R. Austin. Next week, I'll have a happy book, I promise. 
I can't guarantee. Same. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at my library app and see what book is furthest away from timing out. <laughs> Are you trying? So I don't get halfway through it. Are you trying to read several at the same time? Well, I have a bunch checked out. Oh, I see. Okay. And then, okay, so what I do is I check out like a bunch of books and then I read them and just re keep rechecking them out or putting them back on hold until I have time to read them. Mm. So I like, it's like they do little circles in my inbox while I'm waiting, <laughs> while they're waiting. You're that person. I'm that person. <laughs> Not that I get that many books from the library, but still, you're that person. I've seriously I'm about what I'm reading now for next for next week because it's a set of Margaret Atwood short stories. <gasps> oh, and, is it the new I'm one? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm listening. Uh, Stone mattress. Yep. No, that's... I'm listening to the to the audio book. But Maybe, uh, I'm, I'm listening else. to the audio book, and there are multiple narrators for the that's nine stories, mm -hmm. and she narrates the last <gasps> one. I'm like so excited to get to that one. <laughs> Pat's fangirling. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. I've got a lot of books that I'm excited about right now. So I was talking to uh, my uh, two work friends that it that might come to the book crawl uh -huh. that I told you about. Yeah. Now this it was after five o'clock, so there weren't a whole lot of people around, but there were still some people. And um, I guess the friend, her name is Sarah. She likes spicy books. Oh. So then we started talking about spicy books and it's very hard to stay within uh, <laughs> HR guidelines and talk about some of the books that we've read on this podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. We are not very HR friendly. No. That's why you go get drinks and then you can talk about whatever you want because you're not on company property or and, time. And see when Vonnie <laughs> finally, when her mother moves in, she will have somebody home taking care of Echo and she might be able to go to drinks. My mom's going to move in and she's like, is this girl ever home? How? <laughs> what did she do before I got here? <laughs> I'm she excited because a novel ideas silent book club is in the pub down the street from the bookstore. Really? Yeah. Which bookstore? Mm -hmm. The, a novel idea, the one in Guthrie. Oh, Guthrie. Oh, oh, gotcha. I didn't know that was the name of the bookstore. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, Gu you're good. Guthrie is straight up an hour from here. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it's far from you. It's 10 minutes, 15 minutes from my house. <laughs> I was going to say, Guthrie's a little far for me to be going very often. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not far for me. That would definitely have to be a weekend trip, not a weekday yeah. trip well she's not officially open at all like she's just start she's yes last night she said i'm paying rent i might as well use the space <laughs> so she's that's why she started all of her book clubs she's like well, i'm gonna pay rent there might as well be people in here doing something the the book crawl looks like so much fun but my question was i noticed full circle is not on there you we already know full circle yeah. this is about we're trying to give getting love familiar to some of the with... other ones ah yeah. With the other independent bookstores around the city. Because Full the Circle newer... for the longest time was one of the only games in town. Them and Best of Books were the only ones. And, yeah. and since the pandemic, it's like we have a book flood. There yep. are so many bookstores that it's just ridiculous. I mean, I'm not, it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. I think it's great. No. Yeah. <laughs> there are a few of the bookstores that have maybe been around for a while, but they're just smaller. They just need more love. 
So we decided to spread the love around and bring all of the book lovers together. We've had a lot of good feedback from this. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah, the bookstores are excited. I'll I'll post like the times as we get closer so that people like if they don't want to come to all of them, they kind of know when about when we'll be somewhere. And of course, we will be live on social media telling you where we are at every dang minute. Yep, that's true story. So if you're wondering where we are, just watch our Facebook page and our um, Instagrams, TikToks and all that other crazy stuff. I know how that pains you to say TikToks. Watch our TikToks. Well, we can't go live on TikTok. We don't have a thousand followers, so we can't go live on Instagram. Oh, I didn't know Instagram had a live option. Because mm-hmm. I don't. Guys, you it. need to follow us so we can get to a thousand. We need TikTok followers and all the followers of everything. <laughs> we want it follow all. Follow us. Want it all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. One of us. One of us. One of us. I started singing High School Musical. You were somewhere else. I don't know High School Musical. Sorry. Same. Well, I didn't oh, watch that one. Ronnie went to Freaks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, the whole time, Pat, the whole time you were talking about your book, all I kept thinking of was Taylor Swift and her song, The Man, because it's like, you know, how much easier would life be if I if I were the man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, like, and the thing about your book, Pat, is that uh-huh. we have lived that timeline in our jobs. I know I have. Maybe mm-hmm. not in the same business, obviously, but so much misogyny and bullshit that you had to go through just to get through the day it's not as bad anymore because there is a lot of hr (laughs) which is a good thing you know because unless you work in the car business then yeah yeah then all bets are off (laughs) i did see a really like i don't know who it was it was a verified somebody some man who was like man some man Travis Kelsey gets a $70,000 bonus for going to the Super Bowl. Now we really know why Taylor Swift's dating him. And someone's like, she's a billionaire. She has so much more money than him. She should... She should be picking it. I hope she's picking up the dinner tabs. Well, that and they started dating before... Way before the Super Bowl. Or they were even like in the playoffs or anything, right? So... I but mean, listen, like- I'm not going to defend, I'm not trying to say that I instantly have love for Taylor Swift now, but my gosh, give the girl a break. Let her right? have a dating life. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. No kidding. I had a, I had a shut up the owner of the salon or not the owner. He was the husband of the owner of the salon I go to. Cause he was like, Oh, cause my hairdresser is a Swifty and him and I were sitting there and the owner's husband was like, oh, are you guys watching the Chiefs now because of Taylor Swift? I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, oh, I'm so sick of seeing... I said, time out. Did, were you sick of seeing Eminem when they showed him during the Lions game? And he's like, whoa. And I was like, then shut up. Because they showed him the exact same amount of time. Shut up. Like, you shut up. No, you shut up. No. Oh, I, have, I, shut I, up. I have a, a, a friend of mine who's up, who's, you know... Basically, he's a sports kind of guy, and he put up a post about that had a whole list. You know, in this game, she was shown three times for an average of 12 seconds each. And he was like, what the hell are you people complaining about? Oh, yeah. There's been many a graphs in many a conversation. 
Like, but they yeah. always show they always show random fans anyways, and they show ra- they so, show celebrities anytime there's a celebrity anywhere time. nearby, mm-hmm. they're always on the freaking camera. I mean, yeah. the Lakers games, the whole damn court exactly, side they show. Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, so yeah, it's been entertaining. But that guy was the girl that re- I don't know if she was the first person that responded, but it was like the reply to his tweet. They're like literally a billionaire. She doesn't care about his $70,000 bonus. <laughs> she makes that in That's one day. Jump on change yeah. for her. <laughs> yeah. Stupid men. So going back to that um, whole with Pat's book and the misogyny. misogyny that, yeah, that happens. And we were talking, I said something about, unless you're in the car business, mm-hmm. we, one of the places, one of the car business places that I worked at, literally had to fire the HR manager for watching porn at his desk. Oh my sweet Jesus. And that was the HR manager. Oh my God. And they didn't even fire him right away. (laughs) Yeah, because who's going to do the investigation? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that just, and I just know that same place that I worked at, that that happened. I know that there was one specific person that had sexual harassment charges against them at least four times. And as far as I know, he still works there. But all the women that did the complaining are all gone. They're all fired. Yeah. Yeah. They're not there. Any, they found other reasons of course to fire them, but they're not there. Yeah. But we got to, you know, we've come a long way, but we have so much further to go to go. We really do. You can do it. Well, I tried to throw some porn out there. Nobody picked up on it. I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of porny bow I could put on that. But porny bow was a pretty cool term. A porny bow from HR. Brown chicken, brown cow. (laughs) Okay, it's time to end the podcast with this beautiful porny bow. And that's going to do it for Three Book Girls. If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production.